are listening to the Thoughts from a Page podcast. My name is Cindy Burnett, and I love to talk about books. I am so glad you are listening and would really appreciate your rating this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps me out a lot. If you have personalized book questions, I can be reached at cindyhburnett at att.net, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, I am interviewing Julie Pinnell about Louisiana Lucky, her latest novel. Julie was born and raised in Louisiana. After graduating from college, she headed to New York to work at Seventeen Magazine. She currently lives in Philadelphia with her husband and two children and is a regular contributor to Today.com. Welcome, Julie. I'm so glad you're here to talk about Louisiana Lucky. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Well, tell me all about Louisiana Lucky. So Louisiana Lucky is a story about three sisters who are all down on their luck and they have a monthly girls night where they drink cheap wine and eat greasy food and play the lottery fantasizing about how different their lives would be if they actually won and one night they do win 204 million dollars flip between the three of them so the story follows what each of them do what they buy with the money to make their lives happier what they think will make them happy but the real question is does money make you happy? And does it solve all your problems? So I hope it's like a fun escape that people can kind of block out all of the craziness that's going on in the world and just kind of fantasize about what they would do if they won the lottery. It is the perfect read for right now because the world <laughs> is so crazy. And this was, I just loved it. I enjoyed the whole oh, thing, thinking about what I would do with the money, wondering how it was going to unfold for them. I loved the scene where actually the numbers were being read out and they were together and each number was, you know, and I just thought it was fabulous. It was such a fun read. Thank you. It was, it's, I actually bought a lottery ticket for tomorrow night's <laughs> drawing to see if, and I used the girls' winning numbers to see if I could actually hit the jackpot. So we'll see. I'll let you guys know if I become a millionaire. <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. <laughs> Where did you come up with the idea? So I wish that I could say that it was real life. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't. It's based off of total fantasy. But in my first novel, which came out a few years ago called The Young Wives Club, there was a small plot line where one of the characters wins a little bit of money on a scratch off. And so that was just like such a fun scene to write. that I thought, why not just do an even bigger story about even more money. So that's where the idea came from. Well, I think it's a fun idea. Do you have a favorite of the sisters? So I don't know if I have a favorite. I have one that was really fun to write because, so Callie is the middle sister and she works at a local newspaper. And I gave her that job because I used to work at a local newspaper when I was a teenager. So I was 14 years old and interned at the local paper and wrote a weekly column for them called Teen Scene. So I, <laughs> I had a lot of fun just kind of putting her in the journalism. Um, so her story is basically like my love letter to print journalism. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun writing her. Well, I was curious as I was reading them. Do, I guess this may already have answered, you may have already answered this question, but does do one of the three of them 
most resonate with you as you? I mean, I understand the, in terms of the job, but do you, does one of them seem like it's more you when you're talking about the sisters? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that all of the characters have a little bit of me in them. I mean, you know, you have to write what you know. So I think that all of them have characteristics about themselves that are very similar to me and their personalities. Like I chose Lexi's storyline. She's the youngest sister and her storyline is that she uses the money to buy a big fancy wedding. And I just like planning my own wedding was like the happiest time of my life. I just loved it so much. Mine was definitely nowhere near (laughs) hers in the grand scale. So yeah, that was a little bit of me and Lexi. And then obviously Callie, we just talked about the journalism. Um, And then Hannah is the oldest sister. And she, her storyline is that she buys her kids everything that she didn't have when she was growing up. And she just like yearns to give them everything that she can. And I have two young kids myself. And I had just had my first one when I was writing this. And I understood that feeling that, you know, you do want to give your kids everything. You want to give them the best life possible. So that's kind of where I came up with her storyline. Well, that's interesting. I was curious as I was reading, because, you know, you always do hear, write what you know. So I wondered if you identified more with one than the other, but it sounds like you sort of put different parts of yourself in each one of them. Yeah. I'm scattered all over the book. Yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) What do you hope readers take away from this book? Um, So like I said, I hope that it's a good fantasy and escape, a fun escape in the times that we're living in right now. I hope it also brings some self-discovery into what actually makes you lucky. You know, a lot of times I think we're like, oh my gosh, my life would be so much better if I had millions of dollars. But I hope that readers will look at this and say, well, maybe it's not just the money. Like maybe it's family and friends and the people that you have around and giving to others um, that truly makes you rich. So. I hope it's a feel-good feel good story that gives you fuzzy feelings. Well, it definitely is. And I think that's exactly <laughs> what readers will take away from it. Good. <laughs> Did you have a highlight of writing it? I think the highlight was when I wrote the last chapter or the epilogue. I'm not going to give anything away, but I just, I love the ending to this. Like I always come away just really like proud and happy with how it all turned out. So yeah, it's always, and it's always fun to write the end at the end, even though you don't actually need to write the end, but I think it's something that all authors do just because you, you've labored over this story for so long that it's just kind of a nice ending to or write. cathartic, right? Yes. To be like the end. Yay. I made exactly. it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give away anything either, but I really liked Callie and was very happy with how her, her story turned out. I mean, oh, I liked good. all three of them a lot. And I liked the idea that you win all of this money and then you know it's going to go haywire initially. I mean, you know, so often it does, but I really liked the way you wrapped it up for each of them. I just thought that was very, very well done. Good. Thank you. I, as researching all of this, there's a lot of stories about the lottery curse and like how horrible life turns out for some people. And I did not want it to go that way at all. It's, you know, I think it's a happy book. 
Well, tell me a little bit about your research. I did see, I thought it was interesting, you know, Callie mentioned, let's not put it on social media. Let's not tell people because, you know, people will come out of the woodwork, which I thought was, you know, great advice. And I was glad you included that. But tell me all about your research of the lottery and what all you had to do for the book. Yeah. So I obviously Googled a lot, you know, for that scene, um, because the girls do Google, like, what do you do when you first win the lottery? You know, it's things like sign the back of the ticket and all of that. And then I also reached out to a wonderful person at the Louisiana Lottery Corporation who chatted on the phone with me for a long time. And we just kind of walked through the process of what do you do when you win? How do you get your money? What the press conference is like? Because all of that is in the book. So I really wanted it to be an authentic experience considering I had never gone through anything like this personally. So yeah, it was really nice that she helped me out with that. That raises another part of the book that I really liked when they did win and they were like, what do we do? And I'd never thought about that. When you have this ticket worth so much money, where do you go? What do you do? And so Googling is obviously what any of us would start with these days, but that's something I never thought about. Right. Like you can't just like go to the cashier and be like, I won $204 million. (laughs) Hand it over. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So so I did. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) How did you come up with the title for this one? Um, so this one was just kind of like a brainstorming with my editor, actually. She's the one who came up with the idea for this one. Um, and I like it. It's like good alliteration. You got to love alliteration. But yeah. Thankful for my editor for that. <laughs> did you have a working title while you were working on it? Or did you just write the story and then turn it in and then you all kind of brainstormed or she came up with that idea? Well, I knew I was writing the story and so she came up. With, so it had basically been the same time that I was writing the story was when the title came up. She kind of yeah. said this would work well and you're like, that's perfect. Yeah, I always, titles are really hard in general. The My first debut, like the Young Wives Club, that actually... I came up with, and I liked the title so much that I like worked around that with the story. So, but yeah, you know, titles are difficult sometimes. (laughs) They are difficult. But what I like about this one is it's easy to remember and it's different from anything else. So the second I, you know, conjuring it up, I'm like, it's very easy to be like Louisiana lucky versus sometimes if it's random words strung together, I have to sit here and think, what's the title again? (laughs) But I think that works well. And then the cover is outstanding. So how did that come about? The team at my publisher did such an amazing job with both books. So the first the Young Wives Club um, has a picture of a smashed up cake, which I just like absolutely love. And then they came up with this brilliant kind of spinoff for the second book where it's three cupcakes and two of them are standing up and one is smushed, falling down to kind of symbolize the three sisters and kind of like the chaos that's going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I can't take credit for any of the covers because that was the art team that did it. But like both books, when I saw the cover, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So beautiful. They did it a great is so job. beautiful and different in a good way, you know? So again, you see it yeah. and you, you know it's yours and it doesn't look like a bunch of other books out there, which is a nice feeling, I think. Yeah, oh, I love it. Tell me about your publishing journey, your first book, and kind of how the whole thing came about for you. So I was working alongside book editors when I, and I was a digital editor at the time, and I always knew that I wanted to write a novel. 
And so I would always like stick myself in meetings with them and pitch, even though it was not my job at all. I just always wanted (laughs) to see if like any of my ideas were good. And so many of them got shot down. And then one day when I pitched the Young Wives Club, like I could see something special in their eyes and they're like, oh, there's something there. So right around that time, I, my husband, who was my fiance at the time, told me that he had a job opportunity to go work in Oxford, England for a year. And I was like, you have to do it. And I'm going to go with you and I'm going to write this novel. So we went and I wrote it and it got, I was, I remember like being in Oxford and finding out that it was sold and having a pint after like I it was just like so magical um so yeah that was kind of how my road to publication began and then this year for this book you know I wrote it I was back in the states for that and I had a kid <laughs> so this one was a little different like I, when I was writing the other one in Oxford like I like joined a writers group and was like writing in like people's cottages and catholic little cafes it was so magical. And then for this one, for Louisiana Lucky, I was like writing during my son's naps and after he went to bed at night. Yes. Small children do make a big difference with those types of things. Yes. <laughs> Completely alter the way you schedule your life and what you have oh, to yeah. fit in around them. It can make a big difference. Exactly. Are you working on anything now that you'd like to share with me? So right now I'm just like in an early development where I'm just like thinking about the next book. I just had, you know, a baby four months ago and then the pandemic happened and I've just kind of been full-time momming and like promoting this book. So it's been a little crazy, but I think this is also the most important part of the development process is like the thinking and making sure that you have the right story to tell. No, I agree with that. And it is such a crazy time. How has it been publishing during a pandemic? Um, it's a little different than publishing last go round. How have you found that to be? Um, I actually, I like it. I feel like people are more, you know, there's so many more virtual things going on. And I also feel like this is going to change publishing forever because as a reader, I'm really into these like virtual author events because if you don't live in a city that someone is doing an event at, you can't attend. But if all, you know, if these are virtual, you can attend. I attend author events every week. So I really like this aspect of it. And I, I enjoy like being virtual as well. Like it's fun. Like I'm connecting with authors all over the place. So it's nice. Well, I do think that's true. And with a four-month-old baby, it's also really nice for you that you're not having to set out traveling because that would be really hard. It would be hard for sure. Yeah. And I think that you're lucky with your timing because by now here in August, we're also used to Zoom and Facebook Live and Instagram Live. You know, there's a lot more of that and people are settled in it. So it's nice that it wasn't March or April for you, but instead now where everybody's settled in. And I I agree. You can just hop on whatever you want. You don't even have to be dressed up. You know, (laughs) you can just sort of without the volume, you know, watch it and no one sees you and you watch them. And it's it's nice because I've learned a lot more about different authors that I knew nothing about before all of this. Exactly. Exactly. What do you like to do when you're not writing or reading? I have a feeling it has to do with your two little children, but what do you like to do when you're um, not let's writing? See, watch, I watch Daniel Tiger and I go, 
for walks on what we call adventure walks, where we go and look for construction cranes because my two and a half year old is absolutely obsessed with construction vehicles. Um, so yeah, it's just been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of kid time. Yeah. Well, with the pandemic, I mean, I have thought about that a lot because my kids are all teenagers. I have 19, 17, and almost 15. Mm -hmm. And so it's a totally different experience then if they're two and a half and four months old. There's a lot more, I'm sure, of you having to completely keep up with what they're doing and come up with creative ideas to how to keep them entertained since you can't take them anywhere or not many places at least. I know. It's it's really unfortunate that this is all happening, but I I think they're living their best lives. Oh, absolutely. And getting so much attention. Yeah. What's nice for them too, is they're not in school for them. That's nice. So they're not missing, you know, the beginning of their senior year, the end of their senior year, whatever it was. I feel so bad for those kids. I have a daughter starting her senior year and I just am like, oh, please let's get it all settled down. Hopefully it'll be done by then for sure. Oh, that's so hard. It really, it really is. But it's so hard for everyone. And I fully get that. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. And as we wrap up, I would love to hear what you have read lately that you would recommend. So I absolutely loved Christy Woodson Harvey's Feels Like Falling. She's one of my favorite authors. I love Mary Kay Andrews' Hello Summer. I think it's it was just a really fun read because of the newspaper angle and the fact that I used to work at a newspaper. And also I just like absolutely love Mary Kay Andrews. And I'm currently reading Becoming Mrs. Lewis by Patty Callahan Henry. And it's just so magical. I haven't finished it, but I'm like already recommending it to everybody I know. It takes place in Oxford. And so it takes me back to that time when I was living there. And it's just, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I've heard that over and over again, and I, I still need to read it because I just, everyone that reads it says it's just fabulous. And I love Christy Woodson Harvey, and she recommended your book when she came on, so Aww. that's perfect, and she's just <laughs> awesome, and I always enjoy Mary Kay Andrews, too. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it, and I can't wait for everybody to read Louisiana Lucky. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From A Page. Tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it wherever you listen. I would really appreciate it. Julie's book can be purchased at Murder by the Book, where I work part-time, and the link is in the show notes. Thanks to KP Regan for the sound editing, and I hope to see you next time. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And And we're we're the the Professional Professional Book Book Nerds. Nerds. Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!